Hey guys, this is Trevor Probant. This is the uh, Land Investing Dirt Road to Wealth podcast. I'm still in beautiful Blue River, Colorado. Leaving this weekend to head back to the 100 degree weather. And I'm pretty pissed off about that, to be honest with you. So, um, today, <laughs> we we threw <laughs> we threw together a, a quick podcast, but I think it's going to be really cool. Matt Warner is his name. He is a land extraordinaire. He's also part of the Subdivide uh, masterclass and he was going to help me with some stuff today on the computer and didn't quite work out but we decided to do a podcast anyway and he's he's a really smart guy very analytical um, got a really cool story about being professional and still moving into land investing full-time so um, I think you'll enjoy this even if it's a little bit different story if you're a young person old person but this is this is a really cool story about People changing professions, even if maybe their whole identity has been built towards that, right? Whether that's a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist, a orthodontist, a whatever that may be, you can still change, right? And land investing is a is a wonderful uh, avenue to do that. So, anyway, before we go too much longer, I'll shut up, Matt. Where are you from? You know, kind of the story, background, wife, kiddos, all that stuff. I know that's a huge part of you. And then also, like on the on the professional side, kind of where you're coming from. Yeah, sure. Uh, great to be here today. Um, so I currently live in Pennsylvania. Grew up in New Jersey. Um, moved out to Central Pennsylvania for college. Uh, stayed around afterwards. Uh, got a job uh, near where I went to college. Decided I uh, didn't like what I was doing there. Wanted to go to law school. Worked my way through law school four years at night. Night school, working full time uh, during the day. Um, then I started my own practice for a little while, uh, joined a firm, uh, worked for them for a little while, didn't like that, uh, changed jobs again, went to the state, worked for uh, uh, doing contract uh, drafting for them for a little while, and again, didn't like that. Back to the company I was at initially, uh, while I worked my way through law school, uh, doing again a different job, and while I was doing that, I decided I wanted to get into real estate investing. And I was gonna buy uh, some rental houses, get some uh, passive income going, started listening to podcasts, and I heard Seth Williams uh, on Bigger Pockets. Ah, gotcha, the Bigger Pockets and Seth Williams, yeah. Freaking, I'm not a big BP fan, but it's a place, a good place to start, for sure. Yeah, so I, I heard Seth talk about land investing, I thought it sounded interesting, and so I went through his course, Tried it out. Uh, that was 2018. Um, bought a few properties. Uh, basically broke even that first year. Uh, and then 2019, um, I let me see. I have my, my stuff up here now. Again, I, I bought uh, three properties and made some money that year. Um, and then in 2020, decided uh, I was again done with my my boss uh, my, with my job at the time and decided to go full-time. And I quit my job in uh, February of 2020, and everything shut down in March. <laughs> <laughs> Including real estate in Pennsylvania. Uh, well, no. No, <laughs> so, no, did it not? Okay, were you okay? I was okay. fine. So I, I had, uh, I, I gave my notice. Um, I had had a, uh, I'd had a couple of properties that I had already uh, purchased and that I had under contract to sell. And I had, uh, with those properties that I was selling, was going to be uh, making as much as I made the entire year working at my previous job. Uh, so um, 
I am married. I have two kids. And um, in March of 2020, I had a three-year-old and uh, a three-month-old. Um, and so I went from starting this uh, land investing business full-time to being daddy daycare and <laughs> taking care of the kids. Well, well what, 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 what does your wife do? She is a family physician. So yeah. So she's during, working her ass off all the time, right? She is that as she is now, and then she was really working. Um, she got yep. broken into all that, redeployed to a hospital, and so it was a really stressful time. Um, she was working seven days on, seven days off, and so I was the only one taking care of the kids, um, which you know a lot of people do that. It just wasn't what I expected to do, um, right, especially right off the bat, right? Right off the bat. So yeah. I, I continued to land invest though um, uh, when my wife was home um, and in the evenings and when kids were napping. Um, and that year I still made more money than I ever made working for anybody else. Okay, let's let's go back to this first of all. So you went to law school for four years at night. Yes. So you worked full time, then went to law school. Yes. You were single at that time? I was, yes. Okay, but still, that right there if you're listening to this, tells me everything you need to know about Matt Warner, right? Like someone that's that, that that's committed to it, right? Like, again, you could have gotten loans. You could have done this kind of stuff, right? You chose not to. You did it at night because you committed to this goal and you're willing to put in in order to reach your, your goals, right? Your long-term goals. That's right. Yeah, I, I didn't. I wanted to go to law school, but I didn't want to take out all, all of that debt. I, I know people had hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in loans just from law school, and I wasn't going to do that. What does a okay? Let's okay. That that's a huge deal, right? Like again, Matt's willing to commit to something, right? Because that's what we want to talk about. That and that's where in if you you know listen to any of my podcasts, it's it's the commitment, it's the person inside, it's not the tactics, right? The tactics are one thing, but it's it's the it's the sort of six inches of real estate in between your ears that makes, you know what I mean? That, that actually makes or breaks you in this business or any business, to be honest with you. Right. Like you can, you can find the details on YouTube university on land investing or Amazon or whatever it is. Right. Like, or importing or doing anything else like that. You can figure that out. What you can't figure out on YouTube is if you got the guts to make the investment in yourself to get it going. Right. So you'd already proven your, that to yourself, right? And and so what kind of law were you, you said you started your own practice and then you joined a group and everything. So what kind of law were you were you doing? When I had my own practice, I was uh, primarily family law. Um, okay. I, I didn't have very many clients. I was uh, just doing it on the side while I was working another job. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm a glutton for punishment. You are. You are. <laughs> okay. But then, and and I don't want to have to get into like too many details and everything. Like so, so you got into you listened to Seth Williams. You took his course. You took action. Right? Didn't make any money the first year, but you didn't quit. Right? Like you didn't quit. That's the whole goal. You don't quit. Right? Like you're never beaten if you're if you don't give up. So you learn. You get better. You start learning areas. You start building rapport with people and brokers and all this other stuff. And you and you just get better, right? Like just just fucking what it is, right? Whether that's jujitsu or riding a bicycle or playing the violin, right? It doesn't make a shit difference. When you finally decided to quit because you were making enough money, what did that mean? Was that a hundred thousand, fifty thousand dollars a year, two hundred thousand dollars a year? Like what what was it to you? And obviously your wife works and has a 
a prestigious job. It doesn't pay very good per hour a lot of times, right? Especially what, during COVID and things like this. But like, what was it? What was that amount that made you feel okay? And I'll share kind of on mine here after you get done. But like, what was that? Was it a year that you had away? Did it have six months? Did you have three months? But you're like, listen, I got all these other ones in the hopper that I'm going to sell. That's going to take care of it. Like, what what made you feel like you could walk away from something that you spent four hour four years working basically twenty four hours a day achieving, right? So I had already walked away from law. Uh, when, I, okay. when, I went, when I did this, um, but okay. when I made the, the jump to full time, like you said, I'm very fortunate. My wife is is a highly paid uh, uh, individual, so we get by basically with what she makes. And so, um, yeah. I anything else that I make is kind of gravy on top. Um, yep. And so, we really just needed a little bit from me. Um, I. But still, you still had to. You still had to make. You still had to make that. You still had to make that mental jump, right? You still had to be like, okay, this is where I needed to be before I I do this, right? Or was it you were just so sick and tired of doing your other shit? You were just to hell with it all. No, I was just tired of of being of working for <laughs> working for working for the man. <laughs> all right, I, I like it. <laughs> I had made. Uh, we didn't really need need my my salary. Um, gotcha. I'm, I had, I said, with the, with the sales lined up that I had and the inventory that I had in place and the properties that I had, I knew I was going to make my salary or more uh, from what I had been making before. And so yep. it was kind of a combination of, of factors. Uh, like I said, luckily for me, we didn't need, didn't need my money. We don't need insurance. I, I was able to get insurance from, from her. And yep. so I was set up to be able to focus on this and, and not have that burden that we've, we've, uh, we've heard other people like, you know, losing their jobs and having to pay for everything and, and, and cover all the costs. I didn't have that. I was very fortunate. Yeah. Um, but I, like you said, though, I was, well, that's, not, that's not fortunate. That's you and your wife busting your ass. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> no one gave you that shit, right? Like that's no, don't, don't feel bad, man. Right. Like, Oh, well, my wife has it. Who cares? Right. Like y'all, it's not like it was like, Oh, you know, well, the trust fund pays us enough that we don't have to worry about it anymore. Right. Like it's, that's not that's not what it is. Y'all both busted your all's ass to become professionals, right? Like that's that's something. Yeah, that's awesome. So, okay, so you've gone full time, and this is when COVID hit, right? That's right. <laughs> Shit hit the fan. Yep. What were you thinking when that happened? Obviously, you're just trying to survive with little ones, and then the missus is gone, and all this other stuff. And so, like, what what were you, especially with just talking about the land side, right? Like, what were you thinking? Whenever you're like, oh, well, I've got this, this that I'm going to sell. It's going to make me all this money. It's going to pay for all this. And now. So it was, things were kind of up in the air. Nobody really knew what was going to happen. I just kind of kept plugging along as if nothing changed. Um, I kept, kept buying, kept sending my offers out. And, and, um, you know, things started selling pretty well. And my, I had the, my, my bigger problem wasn't selling at that point. It was, it was finding properties that I could actually buy. Yep. Um, but I just I, get, I just kept mailing out the pro to properties and just kept plugging along. And um, was this uh, all in Pennsylvania, or were you nationwide, or where, where were you kind of working on? Uh, mostly east of the Mississippi, uh, Pennsylvania, okay. Maryland, uh, Virginia, North Carolina, uh, those types, okay. those states, uh, Tennessee. Yep. Um, I've since moved out from there a little bit. I typically usually stay still on the on the East Coast, but I've done Washington State. Um, Oklahoma, all over the place. Gotcha. Gotcha. So 
So that happens, the world shuts down, but your business takes off, right? Yep. So how everything's going pretty good there. How did you hear about Justin, Adam, me, all this other stuff like that turns into what we're doing now? Like how, how did you hear about that? So I get introduced to Justin from another podcast uh, that he was on, right. <laughs> um, and uh, that was right when he was starting Plum Investment, and I had a property that I needed funding for. I had an uh, an offer. I don't think I ever told you this story, Trevor. Oh, no. I <laughs> uh, had an accepted offer. Uh, uh, it's in California. Uh, and you, and you know to come to me from here on out, right? Don't go to no, I do, yeah. Yeah, just come to me. Don't worry about Justin. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> It's okay. It was in LA, LA County, uh, purchase price, a hundred thousand sales price of 300,000, I think is what it was. Um, I didn't have that kind of money. Maybe it was three. No, it was buy for 300, sell for a million. I think. Good Lordy. Okay. Yeah. I don't have that. Talk to Justin. He was just starting plum. Um, and so that's, that was my first introduction to Justin was shortly after he launched plum and talking to him about that. Yep. Um, and that ended up turning, not, not working out very well. The, oh, the guy who was trying to sell it to me, uh, fraudulently conveyed it to himself and was trying to sell it. So I got roped into LA. A, LA, uh, into a, a criminal lawsuit <laughs> as a witness. Uh, three years later, I got uh, summoned in the mail uh, that I needed to show up to LA to uh, no San Diego, San Diego for a, a court a court appearance. <laughs> Didn't actually have to go, but um, that was uh, one of the most interesting. Uh, things that have come up. <laughs> I did not buy the property. I'll, I'll yeah, obviously, that. I obviously. found out about it beforehand, and and backed out of the deal. Good lordy, that's insane, dude. That's insane. But that's what that's the land investing, right? And especially going directly to seller, shit gets weird, bro. It gets weird in a hurry, especially. God dang, that's funny. So okay, heard about. Met Justin virtually, everything like that. And so that's when you heard about, and then obviously you got into their sphere and everything, right? And so that's how you heard about Masterclass. Right, yeah. So I got, I heard Justin uh, and started listening to their podcast from the beginning, went through mm -hmm. their course um, and started going to their live events, which so is- So you, went to, you went to their other course and you went, which, which live events did you go to? I didn't even know, I didn't even know. Uh, I've, I missed the first year, but I've been to everyone since then. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and so then listening to their podcast, heard, uh, I mean, I met you a couple times. Yep. Um, didn't make much of a impression, apparently, but that's okay. No, no, well, I remember meeting you last, the year before, but I couldn't remember. I was like, how many did you go to? But I've only been to, I think I've only been to, I went to the very first one. Dad and I presented on the very first one. Right, well, Dad presented. I didn't do anything. He presented on the very first one there when we did it at Top Golf. And then I missed a couple of years because I was hunting and stuff like that. And so that's, that's why I was like, well, anyway, yeah. So anyway. Um, so. Yeah. So, so uh, went to a couple of their live events, three of, I think three of their live events. Uh, and then yep. listened to their podcast, started listening to your podcast, talked about the masterclass and yep. thought that would be something I wanted to get involved let's, with as well. Let's talk about, let's talk about masterclass because it's coming up in September. They're almost out of tickets, I believe. Like there's like 15 the live or event. something like that. Oh, live event. Excuse me. Excuse me. Live event. So why do you keep going to that thing? Because it's not like it's in your backyard. It's not like you live in Plano. Yeah. So 
I have gone to uh, another uh, live event from another company as well. And then I've been, mm-hmm. like, like I said, several of uh, uh, Justin and Adam's live events. And I, I love, I like going to them because it's, it's not necessarily the content that's taught, which, you know, you always get at least a nugget out of that. It's the one-on-one and the interactions and the networking in the back have, of the, in the back know, of the room or in the hallway exactly. or something like that. Yeah. 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 So what, what other ones do you like going to? So now just, just Justin Adams. Oh God! Don't tell him that. <laughs> I just haven't gone to any. Go to the bigger ones. pocket ones or something like that, right? Like, don't don't um, get them all full of shit. So, <laughs> anyway, no. But like, I was the same thing. Like, I went to the wholesaling ink deal in Arizona this year in April. I, and obviously, it was more household selling and stuff like this. But there's a bunch of the land guys that I'd gotten to know that were going to it, and so it was definitely the conversations like we didn't watch hardly any of the speakers, right? But it was hooking up with the guys that you had met in a Facebook group or, or things like this, and then going to the, 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 the coffee bar, right? And then talking and, and things like that. That's the cool thing when you go to these deals. Was really, you know, that one wasn't so much because there was just a little small little group of us that were laying guys, you know, that, that was a little bit different. But it's so cool because I did pull – there's a couple of deals that we said, and there's a couple of things that I thought about, and I was like, I can use that for land. The guy was talking about, like, I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was talking through novations and doing stuff like this with houses and stuff like this. I was like, actually, we can do that with land, right? There's these different things, and, and if you're always thinking about how to take these little things and turn them into it, and it wasn't even that how to do it. It was a couple of things that he suggested when talking how to present the offer to the owners, right? And in that way, by doing that, I was like, oh, hmm. So the, literally those two sentences, if I'm, if I actually follow through and do what I can, I can make a couple million bucks, right? Like that's, that's why you go to them, right? It, it's, it's very seldom like, holy crap, I'm going to use everything that all these people are talking about, right? And if you are, you're, you're such a rookie, you don't know up from down, you know, but, but whenever you get to, gleam those little things away and then be able to have one-on-one conversations and talk about good, bad, or ugly, or, Hey, I'm screwing up. This thing is not working the way it needs to help. Right. We've all, we've all been there. Right. It's just whenever we're in our own little office or how home office going, what the hell, this is the hardest thing or something's going wrong. I bet no one's ever done this before. Everyone's done it before. Everyone's come across the same shit before. Right. It's just, we, we need people around us to be like, it's okay. You're all right. Like, it'll be fine. So anyway, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, like, like you said, though, it's, it, this is, we all are in our own, our own offices, our own place. There's, yep. we don't have a network of people that we sit around and talk We don't go to the about. office. We don't go to the office and talk with each other about, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So it's nice when you go to live events, it's nice to have people to talk to that know what you're going through and deal with the same issues. And so leading into then now the masterclass, it's, it's been, that's been one of the nicest, the best things about that is, you know, meeting three days, three days a week. We have all those guys that are going through exact same things and we have, we can all talk and we can commiserate and share yep. stories. And- <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how that is because, you know, you may have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and two days are great and people are killing stuff. And the next day, everything is going wrong. Everyone's pissed off. Everyone's whatever. <laughs> You're just like... <laughs> Hopefully there's some good out of this conversation we're going to have today, but it's worth it, right? Because you're like, listen, 
we've already done this stuff. Like, you know, even, you know, Justin P, you know, be, you know, talking about being pissed off about somebody not signing the contract and doing all this other stuff and bringing lawsuits and all everything else. And everyone just laughs, right? Like, cause we've been doing this for a long time. You know, I've been, to, I guess it was 15, 2015 or whatever it is. And you're start, and you're just like, eh, it's not worth it, dude. <laughs> you know, and you got to kind of talk people down and, that that right there is absolutely worth it the admission in my opinion right like that that right there plus being able to even you know and um terrence and i are going to have a podcast talking about that little deal that we did you know that he already bought and tried to sell just having some different eyes on it right forcing that cutting it a little bit differently looking at it a little bit differently just because you've looked at a property eight million times before you bought it and when you bought it and where it's going to go and everything else and you like you get so ingrained and railed into this is the way i need to do this is how we need to do it and if you have someone else there that can look at it with fresh eyes and be like oh do this and he's going to make an extra what 300 grand off of it right that that definitely pays for it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, so, but talking about masterclass, Matt, and I know it's been hard for you and your areas that we kind of picked that you kind of picked from the get go. Let's be honest, open, honest, like what's been the hard part with you trying to work in your market that you kind of picked? So the hardest thing for me has been finding deals that uh, pencil out everything that I find, almost everything that I find, uh, the Price, the asking prices are basically what uh, the subdivided property will be selling for. Yep. Um, and so I, initially I started Pennsylvania um, because that's where I'm at and that's where most yep. of my deals have been. And my, initially I ran into the issue in the winter, uh, they wouldn't do perk tests in the winter. And that's when we started. So I, I quickly shifted focus down, down to uh, North Carolina. Um, and ran through almost every county down there and just everything I looked at. I found a few that maybe would pencil out, but my offer prices had to be half a list and it just, it was a non-starter. Yeah. No. Well, and here's a big deal too. And even some of them that would be pretty close, you weren't sure if they were going to perk or not. Right. Like that's, that's a big deal, which we don't really have to worry about that too much where I'm at. So it's a different thing. Obviously, there's lots of other guys in the group now that have to worry about that as well, especially the Tennessee guys and, and things like that, right? Um, it's a very interesting dynamic of what is and isn't. And do you, it's almost like, well, do you quit? Do you move on to new places, right? And so what have, what have you done, right? And, and you've continued to send mail, right? You continue to market with your regular business and adding on the subdivide stuff. Because again, this is this is something that we did not do well enough with the very first class. Is we were like, you know, because just because me and my family have done giant places doesn't mean you need to be doing two, three, four million dollar places on the get go. Doesn't make any sense a lot of times, right? Thank goodness we kinda helped y'all a little bit from the get go on the second group because we we're like, hey, you can still buy a thirty acre track and make a lot of money just having this tool set, right? And there's a lot of guys that have done that. Justin especially. Sleva, like he's done he's done that immensely well, especially in Oklahoma, coming in and just being like, Oh, well, okay. 
And then, you know, even, even some of your stuff, I don't know if you've done one yet in Washington, but, you know, some of those areas out there, you can do that, and it works pretty damn well, right? It's just adding another layer onto what you're currently doing when it comes to continuous in mail. And this is even something like Clint Turner and I talked about the other day. He's like, he's like, I screwed up because he's like, all I went after, he's like, saw y'all, and then he's like, all we wanted to do is do subdivides. Well, that's an 18 to 24-month payout. You know, um, maybe I should have kept up with just my flipping business too, right? <laughs> and so that's the nice thing about you, Matt, is you continue to do that. And you come across some of the most random shit ever with your mailers, right? So tell some of the people, I would love, I want to hear about the oyster farm. And then also let's, let's go ahead and talk about that coal, uh, deal as well. So, yeah, so. Uh, earlier this year, or maybe end of last year, I got a property came back uh, on one of my mailers in Washington State. I had mailed this area before, got a nice property, and talked to my realtor, and he recommended going a, uh, harder back on a couple, uh, three counties around where I had uh, just bought and sold a few properties. And so I remailed, and I got a, an 11-acre oyster farm came back. And no idea anything about it, but... Uh, the price that I was paying, I, I had seen a couple comps that made it make sense, and so I I bought an oyster farm. Um, it wasn't an active it wasn't an active oyster farm, but it was uh, able to be farmed. Um, and when I was about ready to to close on it, there was some weird language in the deed um, from the initial deed from the state of Washington to the original owners. Um, that I wasn't so sure that I was actually able to own it, not being a Washington resident. Um, so while I wanted to hold on to it and, and just lease it out and say I'm an oyster farmer, uh, I, I, I was concerned that the, the state might come and take the property back. Uh, so I just quickly, I flipped it, um, made some money. <laughs> but it was still an interesting property to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And then let let's talk about this one that we talked about just a second ago. Where what where are you on the um, the coal side? And 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 we talk about mineral rights. This is something that we don't talk about a lot of times. Is mineral rights, um, whether that's coal, whether that's oil and gas, things like that. Like what are you what do you got going over there? So in Pennsylvania, there is a lot of uh, certain parts of the state. There are there's a lot of coal and um, shale gas. And so, a lot, again, a lot of what I do is here in Pennsylvania. And uh, this year, I ended up buying a 30-acre parcel. Um, and again, when I was in title closing on it, uh, title came back that there was a an old uh, mining lease on the property for coal. And so I reached out to, and we couldn't close with this active lease. We weren't sure exactly what was going on. It was it was older, but it was still on the books. And so I reached out to the coal company to find out what was going on. And um, they said that old lease was no longer valid. Matt, I can't hear you or see you, buddy. No. Oh. 